0: thing rolling around oh hit record hit record hit record
1: bing bow boom
0: <laughs> a wild reality has appeared
1: i cannot believe it i am so sorry oh why are you apologizing because we're 10 minutes late i mean it's 3 30
0: i was gonna say should we do our vocal exercises or are you already warmed up <laughs> yes of course
1: uh irish wristwatch swiss wristwatch the rascally <laughs> russell westbrook wears an irish wristwatch Still got it. It works. Still it got absolutely it. works. It's my mandibular flexibility has never been better.
0: Yeah, I want the lizard to understand that Tony was just massaging uh, one of the, I mean, <laughs> truly one of the best jawlines in the history <laughs> of
1: sports television. You know, I was recently, since I'll open up to you and everybody, I was recently diagnosed with sleep apnea, mm. which, hello, you know, is a big deal, right?
0: In case you're wondering, this is how conversations with Tony Reale tend to start. Or I guess it might just be how he
1: starts most conversations with me. I don't know why I wake up with a headache every day. You know, I've had things in my life like Lyme's disease a couple times. And I was like, oh, this must be Lyme. This must be Lyme. So I'm talking to my doctor. He's like, well, let me look at your, uh, you know, that uh, punching bag that's in the back of your throat. uvula, or something of that nature. Oh, yeah, I should know this. Yeah, yeah, you know, the punchy, and all those, uh, this is just a ridiculous story. I don't know why I opened, I opened with sleep apnea. So long story (laughs) short, you know, I don't breathe so well. And I'm wearing this device now. It's like a retainer at night. And it's supposed to give you a better jawline. And I'm like, yes, all right. I taped my mouth when I sleep. I should have lived with that. I feel like you, I mean, Tony, you
0: literally <laughs> medically having to mute yourself while asleep is a bit on the nose. It's a bit on the uvula for this podcast. Uh,
1: it's on the mouth, though. It's on the lips. I mean, it's it's the reverse breathe right strips, right? But it forces you, med- medically speaking, it forces you to breathe through your nose. Medically speaking. And that's that. So now that's what I do in my life. I tape my mouth. I wear a retainer when I sleep. I wear these tinted sunglasses and I have a jade roller for my (laughs) forehead to just kind of take everything down a notch. Because I learned, Pablo, in the years you've known me, I can afford a few notches. I could take it down a few notches. (laughs) You know, a, a, a reality 10 is someone else's 20. In the aforementioned reality
0: to normie energy conversion scale as well as the history of television the number 20 is a genuinely staggering and almost unthinkable number just for context any given tv show is lucky if it makes it to season number two but this year marks two decades of around the horn 20 years of mutes and facetimes and competitive banter every single weekday, adding up to more than 4,500 episodes and counting. So today, ahead of tonight's 20th anniversary Around the Horn TV special, we wanted to do something different here. We wanted to take you way behind the curtain of the show that still scores the argument and inevitably embarrass me in the process. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Tuesday, December thirteenth. This is ESPN Daily. I feel like it should be obvious by now, given that we've already uh, we've gone literally inside our bodies in the first two minutes <laughs> of the show that we have known each other yeah. and have been working together yeah. and are intimate with each other, yeah. going on a decade now. Right. I mean, this is I mean this is this is the Around the Horn twentieth anniversary. ESPN Daily mm-hmm. special extravaganza mm-hmm. but the two of us I want to be not impartial because that's impossible but I want to be transparent mm-hmm. because that feels realistic about how corrupt I'm about to be in in conducting this interview mm-hmm. like how could I po- I mean how could, you're one of my best friends
1: <laughs> that I work with all of the time I remember when we first worked together even before I knew of you but when we first worked together uh, I was scouting you on Twitter. I was reading the Lynn piece. I was reading the Broke piece. Uh, I, I went back and found stuff maybe even from Harvard. I remember you wearing pajamas in a photo and some uh, article that you wrote as well. Oh, yeah. Pablo, I, I, you know, I, I I wanted you on Around the Horn for about a year before we were able to, to lock that in. Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought your voice needed to be on the show. I wanted somebody who was more pedantic than me which which takes some work i was stat boy but you were operating in a different kingdom uh, advanced stat boy, advanced unfortunately,
0: stat boy. <laughs> was uh, was a thing i was cosplaying as but to your point around the horn however intentionally or not
1: by the way it really does feel like this cast of characters like this insane sitcom When you think about a show like Around the Horn with four voices every day and a stable of 16, 18 people, whatever we're at now, 20 maybe even, just need that variety. Who's your crazy uncle? Well, that's Woody Page.
0: Michael Vick is going to be the best quarterback, better than Marino, better than Montana, better than anybody else.
1: But Bob is operating at a different crazy uncle, Bob Ryan.
0: It is the worst Whew. thing that happened to basketball in my lifetime. It has infested the wow. game. It has distorted the game at way. every level.
1: And Sarah Spain is the yes. force of nature.
2: I'd like to use my FaceTime for a little something that I put together last night.
3: It's over. The series is over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's over. Oh, it's, over. Oh, yeah. it's over. It's over. Boy.
2: Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Nothing is over <laughs>
1: until we say it's over. She's the bully putting me into a locker. Let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm, but she's also lawyerly in so many great ways, too. So she's now, yes. she, she's operating that space. And J.A. Dande is chamomile tea, right? <laughs> and Professor Blackstone is quite that, the professor with the elbow patches and, and the glasses. And and I needed you, though. The pedantic Pablo Torre, who was... So, Nobody, nobody can play the butt of the joke like you. It's not That's a compliment. An important thing, on the on on a show with the mute button. Well, I remember
0: when you first tried to grab me. It was, and I have the evidence here, Tony. It's the oldest voicemail on my phone. It's old <laughs> reality because you changed your number, but it is uh, yeah. October twenty third, two thousand 2012, 6.37 mm. p.m., and I had just agreed to make my debut the thing that you had just talked about on this show i had grown up watching and and had been obsessed with as a sports fan who was yelling sabermetric evidence at my screen at, at bob ryan and i sent you right to voicemail because i i wasn't ready <laughs> oh, you didn't
1: pick up i was you didn't oh no this up.
0: was not an accidental like oh i missed it this was like holy f- like Definitely not touching this. <laughs> and and so this is this is what I, I picked up my phone to hear. And I'll just play it for you because, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Pablo, this is Tony Reale from ESPN. Got your <laughs> number from my producer, Aaron. And I just wanted to call you and tell you how excited I am to have you on the show this week. And I was going to give you the rundown of how we do things and, and how much fun we have and uh, how much you would enjoy working with some of the guys we have. So we can talk. We cannot talk till Thursday. It's no big deal. My number's 202. All right, buddy. Take care. Oh, that was a good number. That was a good number. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of giving our listeners
0: here what you promised, what you swore that you would give me in that voicemail, <laughs> which is an accurate rundown of how the show works and how we do things here, it does occur to me that we do need to note for the sake of history that you were not the original host of Around the Horn, Tony, which Mm -hmm. is shocking, I think, to many people at this point. But the original host was our colleague, of course, Max Kellerman.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He's come back. So Max was doing primarily boxing for ESPN, and Max also guest-hosted PTI a few times. And somehow the idea came in play that we would have a show that was, we being ESPN, uh, a show that was on before PTI, that would kind of set the table for sports debate in the afternoon. So Around the Horn came to be when producer Bill Wolf came up with the idea of a game show that would be around a sports debate, and it would be scored, the most unscorable thing in our lives, right, debating about sports. That initial version of Around the Horn was with Max Kellerman, an opinionated host, yes, who was going to rule on the arguments of other people and then give his opinion. That was the initial version of the show, 2002, November 4, 2002, Around the Horn launches, uh, exactly one year after PTI and the time slot before it. And those first 230 episodes or so were hosted by Max. Here's Max Kellerman. Welcome to the ongoing argument where we don't hold grudges, but I do keep score. Quickly, here is today's
3: panel of the country's top sports columnists. It's Woody Page. Woody, what's the word in Denver? Hi there, Spice Boy. Bob Ryan, Bob, what are they talking about this afternoon in Boston? Max, Vindication Bowl One is over.
0: Yeah, so it's 20 years ago, and you imagine, imagine, you know, um, four of the great newspaper columnists literally sitting in their newsrooms
1: with their coworkers behind them. Yeah. And there's like a glass background. Oh, there's so many great stories about this. Yeah. I mean, people thought Woody was dying. He was screaming so loud one day. <laughs> Jackie McMullen had a coughing fit one day, and nearly somebody had to come over and help her out. I mean, uh, this is. In the newsrooms of the Dallas Morning Times, Dallas Morning News, excuse me, and Tim Callishaw is just screaming at the top of his lungs at Max and Jay Mariotti at that moment in the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. Being a newspaper reporter was everything to the sports debate that day. We've now, of course, moved that forward a little bit. But this is where you came for opinions. There was only one other debate show on TV at the time, right? Sports reporters was on weekends, but daily, you know. These were the two shows, Around the Horn and PTI, 5 and 5.30. Yes, and
0: during those first 230 episodes of Around the Horn, hosted by Max Kellerman, you are off, Tony being stat boy, you're working for PTI, Party Interruption.
1: So when would you say that you entered the picture here? Well, I had appeared as a panelist five or six times when a chair opened up very suddenly and a stat boy for PTI who gets 15 seconds of airtime being asked to, to sit in a chair opposite Bob Ryan and Woody Page for an episode or two of Around the Horn. and That's way out of my league to begin with. But February 2nd, um, 2004, the call was actually February 1st. The show was February 2nd. That's when a 25-year-old me got a phone call to say, can you fill in tomorrow and host Around the Horn? I pick up my phone at halftime of the Super Bowl. It's Patriots-Panthers. This is when the nefarious Justin Timberlake disrobes Janet Jackson, and she gets blamed for it. But that's just to tell you it's the biggest sporting news of the day. The Super Bowl is like our Super yeah. Bowl, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's about it's, the most it's terrifying the
3: scenario
1: to start off on. It's about the most terrifying scenario, right. So I wear my only suit that next day, and I host Around the Horn, and I'm basically just a a, a prompter reader at that point but i'm certainly sweating from every orifice of my my body in ways i had never sweated i must have looked like a 15 year old i was a very young face step boy at that point you did we are the show that scores the arguments and i get to use these cool mute buttons and joysticks and does the fun ever start i judge these guys on point of view style and information Good. but i made it through the show and then they say we need you again tuesday so i changed my tie and I was at a close by Wednesday. And to me, for my money, I could not believe ESPN was not bringing in Stuart Scott, Linda Cohn, a sports center anchor, right? I mean, anybody. So at some point, Pablo, I got the great advice from Eric Rideholm put your head down and just do the job. And Tony and Mike, Gornizer and Will Bond gave me. I think some space there where I didn't do stat boy for a few weeks, just so I could focus on it. And it became a reality for me that, all right, this isn't voice of the Yankees. This isn't voice of the Knicks, but this is a five o'clock in the afternoon. ESPN show. You're hosting as a 25 year old. Yes. This is a moment.
0: It's (laughs) this is a moment. Stay with it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You have this chair that is now like real estate now, yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. I mean, it's so obvious how valuable this territory is. It's obvious to me, we'll get to this, just how hard it is to do this job in that chair. Mm. But the notion that this happy hour thing of 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern around the horn and PTI was not obvious yet.
1: Yeah.
0: But now is an institution. It
1: is. It got parodied on 30 Rock. The idea that Tina Fey and and her writers and, and Tracy Morgan, we've we've, been, we've Morgan. been twice played out like that. Once was Tracy Morgan and sports shouting. It was it was exactly our five box. They may have taken PTI's colors a little bit. It was more red. And Tracy Morgan and and, and, and other people are screaming. And their bottom line is soccer scores, and they're all zero zero. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I could introduce you to my boy, Scotty Shofar. You know him?
1: Hell yeah. I'm a frequent
3: guest on Sports Shouting.
1: So that was that moment, and then later on, there was a commercial with Mark Wahlberg where he's playing oh, the host yes. of a show with screaming people, and he yells, Why are we even yelling? So we want to stream all that
0: sweet live stuff, like football, red carpets, and yelling. Wait, what are we yelling about,
1: guys? So so for Tracy Morgan and Mark Wahlberg to have played uh, uh, us before, Pablo is pretty great. Up next,
0: the one question that everybody asks finally gets answered.
3: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from $25 bucks and under to, say, $100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category, like fragrance handbags and more or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder.
0: So, as the empire has been built, right, like the thing, the thing that I always encounter around the world, talking to people who grew up watching it or people who are still just confused by it, is the same exact question that I know that you get. Yeah. Like the word cloud of questions that you get, Tony, in 9,000 point font,
1: what is the question that you always get? Oh, uh, how does the scoring work? Yes. How does the scoring work is a great question. I mean, for tonight's TV special,
0: like, the producers of Around the Horn asked all us panelists to explain how it
1: works, and the actual truth truly is that we have no idea. I have no idea the scoring system works. It's been nearly 20 years, and I still have no clue.
2: The scoring system makes sense because it makes no sense. I think the one thing about the scoring system is that it's consistently inconsistent,
0: i always tell people with the scoring it's all about vibes my perspective is is truly that of a person in an ancient civilization who is like worshiping the sun and i'm like (laughs) i don't know how this works i just know that (sighs) i need to respect it and that it can hurt
1: me okay now let's get into some dish here pablo the inside information the first installment of around the horn had a full screen where they explained the scoring of the show. And I did that show for the first 100 episodes, and I said, I can't be be doing this every day. But the scoring was two points for good answers, three points for great answers, and I used the mute button to penalize and direct traffic. I've never heard this before, for the record. you never heard this? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Two points for good answers, three points for great answers. Now, it doesn't delineate what the separation is for those. And then I penalize with the mute button and I direct traffic with the mute button and the mute button directing traffic was a real device early on in the show when no one was aware how to do TV via satellite
0: oh this was the other way that was a forerunner of of modern civilization
1: zoom before zoom right we were zoom zoom before boom boom yeah (laughs) so the mute button had to silence somebody because people were talking you me you at the same time that type of thing We have now gotten past that part of it, and the mute button is just a wonderful way to have somebody look foolish while their lips are moving and no voice is coming out, and that's a wonderful thing. So that was written in stone, a full screen on the show. But I started on a process of evolving the show, scoring and evolving even the the type of topics we would do, Pablo. Mm -hmm. And now I think, People are aware we can do any topic. But in the first years of the show, I was almost trapped by the idea that this was a game show with a scoring system that I had to either explain or at least do to a degree that would be easily understandable by the viewer. Now I go the opposite way. I live in the margins of unpredictability. How does he score? Why is he scoring it like that? And these are questions I love people asking. These are questions... I always ask the panelists, how do you think I'm scoring it? And since we're doing this documentary on the 20th anniversary, I heard great answers. Mina Kime's mom. Oh, yeah. My mom always tells me to talk longer because she's noticed that Tony gives more points if someone goes on for a while. I haven't looked into that, but I think it might be true. (laughs) Brilliant. Why hadn't I thought about that before?
0: <laughs> I admit, I admit, uh, you know, doing some scouting, watching the All 22 before my first show, and just coming in with like, I am going to, if I die, I die on this hill of movie references. Oh, like yes, this is where yes. I'm gonna try to make my hay, and it almost worked.
1: A lot of things almost work. Goodfellas references always help. Uh, If you can drop a few of those, I think I got bonus points for dropping a Wu-Tang reference one time. And that's part of my scoring system, right?
2: It's Goodfellas quotes. It's references to Fordham alums. It's uh, lines taken directly from the Whitesake song. Here I go again on my own.
1: Because I'm going to be real here. I'm going to be realer than anybody has ever been while describing a game show on ESPN, okay? (laughs) There is no scoring system in life. Or if there is a scoring system, there are no rules to that scoring system in life.
0: And I also don't get penalized for saying the word optics in life, by the way. But you took optics away from me, Tony, among other uh, apparently, yes, extremely banned words. And I'm not sure if I've
1: (coughs) forgiven you yet. The banned word list. I will also give the banned word list in our 20th anniversary special (laughs) for the viewers. It'll be on the screen. Maybe maybe you might have to give a screenshot. Maybe maybe it'll be subliminal. Here's what I'm thinking with that, though. We are professional communicators. The words have become cheapened when they become cliche. And that word, which I still will not say. You just said it. You're lucky I'm, I'm without a mute button at the moment. Those words have become cheapened to the extent that we need to demonstrate to people we have to be more more precise and intentional.
0: I'm realizing now how empowering it is to be the host of a show and to have you in the chair, so I can just say elite, elite. <laughs> I
1: said it. See that? I that, still say it. And that, that goes back to, uh, of course, a lot of conversations. But it was Joe Flacco for me. I mean, how many times did that that word come up in a in a Joe Flacco conversation? Right? It was ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. So it became yet another moment where because we grew so muscle-bound and had so many shows and so many similar takes, just like the hottest of the hot takes, which we're happy to have on our show, we've had many times the loudest of the, the fights, we also have to go the other way. We have to demonstrate we can use our left hand <laughs> and not speak in those cliches, right?
0: It's true. It's all true. We're better for it, even though uh, it's just like... It's just... I was the optics pioneer, and people stole it, and then they ruined it for everybody. That's what I'm gonna
1: say. all these words were great; they all had a use at their time. So, let me ask you: when, when you're literally muted, how many times are you upset at me in that moment? Mm, it really,
0: it really depends on whether you caught me in a moment where I was already wily e. coyote above the canyon, just like ah, uh, <laughs> like he knows I'm about to fall, and I don't yet. And then I realize it as he's muting me, but most cases I got some shit that I think is worth some points Yeah. and you're right.
1: Yeah. yeah, no. And so there is the like true, true yelling into the void. Are you muttering under your breath? Are you cursing me out in that moment when, when you're looking at me? I've seen the look.
0: I've, 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 I've definitely curse muttered.
1: Spain gives incredible look. She gives incredible look to me when I mute her. She gets so angry. Oh, it's it's an amazing thing to see.
2: You're making me decide between a guy and Brady, who every time I say I think it's over now, oh, makes wait, me wait, look I'm stupid.
1: making you decide. They're playing on <laughs> Sunday, Sarah. This is I mean, this is the business you've chosen, please. Oh, are
2: they are they arm wrestling or are their teams playing? Anyway, <laughs> back to my point. So I don't like the idea of saying, oh, you can't make that call late in the game. Is it the rule or is it not the rule? It's like the scoring around here. It's like nobody knows.
3: Okay,
1: but I think you know, that you <laughs> are an habitual line stepper. And honestly, if I was asking you, who's the Draymond Green of this panel? I mean, Clinton Yates puts out a great resume for that. Sarah. Frank Isola puts Sarah. out a great resume. Hold on a second, Frank. Hold on, Clinton. But yeah, Sarah, you may be that. <laughs> not being
2: the most competitive person in any room at anything is a serious, serious issue for me and it remains so on this program.
1: So let's let me be upfront with you here. I've never really admitted this to you. Mm. One of the show's greatest moments. I really set you up for the Alex Smith man. <laughs> oh, no. And I did it. I did it purposely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it was your fourth show, Pablo. You were not ready for <sighs> in your fourth episode a Respin, respin. That was the third time around. We went around. It was the 49ers it was. discussion. Moments. We'll start with the situation that these 49ers <laughs> find themselves in today. After Kaepernick, Techmo bold the best defense in the league. Question Ooh, mark. If you're Harbaugh, are you handing the reins to Kaepernick? I think
0: you got to go with Alex Smith because Alex Smith is the quarterback this team needs. They are defensive. Juggernaut.
3: Yeah. Oh, but, uh, so, Paul, just because you have a great defense,
1: doesn't mean you don't need a great quarterback too. I mean, there's they're, they're, not mutually exclusive. Pablo, so start, to that's that. That's a big move.
0: Alex Smith came within an overtime loss to the Giants, shy of the Super Bowl last year. Kyle hey.
1: Shaw, Pablo mentioned last year's Giants game. This year's Giants game wasn't so good for Alex Smith, and that's what Harbaugh's oh, oh, got to look at when he's making a decision. But I didn't ask a pointed question, and when a interviewer <laughs> is what what a host is at that moment. <laughs> Yeah. On a topic that has already been discussed a couple times, I need to ask an open neutral question. And I did not ask an open neutral question. Sorry, everybody's ganging up Boom. on you.
0: Boom. Alex Smith, man. That's
3: it? Alex Smith, man. <laughs> that That's not gonna work. work. That's on not new, man. You need more than that. You need, <laughs> you need more than, than the that. The Saints that game yet. next week and the
1: Saints. I mean I did nothing. I said your name and basically handed you the live grenade. I handed you the ball with one second left of the shot clock. And Acme was written on the ball. I say this not to apologize, because I got what I wanted. (laughs) I got a moment
0: that lives forever on TV. Of course you do this to me. Of course you do this to me. And this is why this is extra uncomfortable, because I host this podcast. You may have heard of it. It's called ESPN Daily. Every Monday, I talk to Alex Smith. Man. Comma, beat, (laughs) man, period. And I have never told him about this. I have no idea if he's ever heard about it. I have not. It's never been brought up. I'm too awkward to actually mention that, like, on national television, 5 p.m. Eastern, for years, I have been associated with the phrase Alex Smithman because I didn't know how to do television. And I was writing for him. I face planted. My face broke the tape. Fell into the earth <laughs> and all it muttered as I was lying there like Wiley e. Coyote was Alex Smith man. <laughs> Alex Smith man.
1: I'm proud of this next moment. We all laughed at you.
0: <laughs> That's it? Alex Smith man?
3: <laughs> That's, That's not gonna work. work. That's not, not new man. You need more than that. You need
1: so I want you to know this. I say this literally. <laughs> It's not your fault.
3: Allow me to hug you
1: in my Robin Williams hairy forearms right now, and 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 say it's not your fault.
0: After the break, the takes that are absolutely our faults.
3: That's code daily. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
1: There's a couple of moments in this anniversary special for, uh, for all time's sake that hold up for me. The moment I'm going to credit with being the hottest take in the history of the show. Was one that didn't even make air. You know what I'm talking about here. It's one of our dear friends.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, of of screams
1: into voids. Yes, yeah. Mina Kimes. It's the greatest take in history of show. She doesn't get points for it. She just lives on the internet forever for hearing in her ear from a producer that Shohei Otani had signed with the Angels and not the her Mariners, and she reacted in a way that only Mina would react.
0: Otani's going to the Angels.
1: And it was impossibly perfect television that wasn't on television that we rolled on anyway, and we kept forever, and now we intersperse it in any given show or script. And it's the greatest take of history's show. How perfect is that our show celebrates twenty years and we, for the best argument ever made on our show, it's a show that didn't <laughs> even make air.
0: But in terms of like the best all time takes, I I don't know. i, I I'm personally a bit partial. Still to Izzy Gutierrez, very confidently identifying the next Dan Marino.
1: Oh, that, w- that was a bad one. Yeah, yeah. Israel Gutierrez has Josh Rosen being Dan Marino.
3: To me, it's Josh Rosen. I think I've said it before. I think Josh Rosen is Dan Marino.
1: And for a guy from Miami, that's especially on the nose, right? I mean, he's he's not just saying you're a great quarterback that's going to put up passing record. You're saying you are the icon of a market, you know, the perfect tan and the hair that comes out of the back of the helmet and all these things. And. So that that's a great take, a great Cole take that we're going to release. Uh, Bob Ryan's got a couple absolute meltdowns that we're going to be showing. How many times did Plasky trade Kobe? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That, yeah. I don't care what Kobe says. I don't give a darn what Kobe says. They need to trade him just for the health of the franchise. He told them he needed <laughs> to retire. He's going to be 36 years old when the contract starts, and the size of the contract doesn't give the Lakers enough cap room to give him the help to get them another championship. He told the Lakers they were making the biggest mistake of their lives. Um, <gasps> yeah. He took Shaq over Kobe uh, initially as well in the in the first, uh, you know, arms race that they had. So Plaskia on Kobe has turned out to be one of our greatest cold takes ever.
3: I said Kobe Bryant shouldn't get a new contract. I said so many negative things about Kobe Bryant, and he proved me wrong every time.
1: Everybody has these moments where, like, oh, I had that one wrong. But the fact that you have film on it is an amazing thing. (laughs) This
0: is where being the Copernicus of March Madness has, has been hard for me, Tony. It's been hard for me. It's hard to be the guy who predicts every year before anyone in America...
1: I'll say this. ...would be brave enough. Galileo was banished by the church, <laughs> but Galileo had it right at the end. You picked a 16 over one for five consecutive years.
0: I am predicting Southern University will upset Gonzaga. Oh, Southern, so close. On my bracket, <laughs> I have Coastal Carolina, 16 seed, beating number one. Are you serious?
1: The Cavaliers will advance...
0: I will predict number sixteen Lafayette will defeat number one Villanova. Villanova did what they came to do. Southern <laughs> slash Holy Cross. <laughs> I will take either of them. Oregon in a lopsided victory. Allow me to vaccinate America against groupthink. Oh boy. South Dakota State <laughs> is going to upset Gonzaga. Gonzaga can just triple this one out. I'm picking. Penn to upset Kansas,
1: come from behind win for Kansas. And then in the sixth year, you picked one again, but you picked the wrong one.
3: Shock and awe in college basketball. UNBC makes history.
1: But while I did what I had to do for the show, I didn't enjoy it as much as I as I had hoped. Because the because the minus, you know, the three hundred points. I didn't think it could fit.
0: I didn't think there was room for three digits
1: and a minus in the little box. What we do on Around the horn is we keep stats. This comes from a show with a stat boy, and now we have many, many stat professionals on our show. Caroline Willett specifically keeps stats for the show. And we have a scoring average for the season. But Pablo and Plashki and a few others are... Jackie Mack on that too. Jackie Mack is another one. Who are very, very prone to make predictions can also lose points quickly.
2: You can duck me five hundred points if he coaches whoa. anywhere else next season.
1: Five hundred points of Doc's leaving the Celtics and going somewhere else. As the points continue to fall off, Keep gotta going. say, Jackie, we yeah. salute you for showing up, taking your penalty like a pro. When you have a minus three hundred, your year is shot. Now that I'm being honest with everything, I used to. OK, so here, here's another thing. OK, we're now, we're now we're full on in Around the Horn secrets. Yeah, OK. Around the Horn's a tape show. Mm-hmm. We We tape it three hours before airtime. A lot can happen in those three hours, honestly. And quite often we are fearful that that news will cross. And sometimes I ask a purposely evergreen question rather than the most exact question. Other days we have news we know is going to happen at 3 or 3.30. What do we do on those days? We tape the show out of order. I'll say that again. We tape a show with <laughs> precise scoring, exact scoring, and people being eliminated and losing points out of order. And that's happened dozens of times in our show history where we taped the show out of order, and I needed to make the points work. So a tape show is, is one secret that I have to confide to you, Pablo, as you already know, and, and, and of course, our daily listeners, that we are a tape show, and sometimes... And I've said the scoring system is real. It's absolutely real. I'm really sweating at that moment to get the score to check out. So it's hard. I want to say
0: this too, Tony, because I have I have attempted to fill in for you because you took zero vacation days for how many? The first how many, seven
1: years of the show, for sure. Seven
0: years. But the thing that I say to people who ask what that's like is that it is the hardest job at this company. Just in terms of like... Again, the voices in your ear, the times you need to hit, the fact that you're on camera, you have to move your body, you have to smile, you have to nod, you have to listen actively while also knowing what you're about to do next because to show how the show is made behind the scenes, and I know this sounds like I am, I am the biggest cheerleader here, but it's earned because I tried to do it and it's fucking hard. It's just something that no other host, I think, given the format and the expectations and all of the variables has to balance
1: truly thank you for saying that i mean i know people can do it I, yeah but it it is a daily thing that that took years for me to really have the compartmentalizing in my in my ears right to be able to hear different things and and i just want to actually
0: you know mention here like the family of people here yeah. in this uh italian restaurant <laughs> that you are the Hosts yeah, I like that. At yeah. the front of, right? Like the voices the voices in your ear. Sure, please sure. please explain who we're talking about.
1: Yeah. We're gonna get a great look at this in our anniversary special because we're doing to do a day in the life kind of behind the scenes. So we'll have some of the looks of that. Coordinating producer Aaron Solomon and our producer Josh Bard, are our back row people who are coming up with the stories each day. So we have Caroline Willett, Jeff Weiner doing research and video. Miriam Leger is is a director of the show and John Durcy, a director and the director of the show. Absolutely. And you hear the hustle and bustle of the people who are unseen is the point. And by
0: the way, among those people are the interns. And I full disclosure here in terms of the incestuous nature of this entire exactly. enterprise, yeah. the two producers on this call with us right now, silently observing and demanding in Slack, as I, Glance to my left on my computer monitor are Chris Tuminello and Aaron Vale, former Mm -hmm. Around the Horn interns who are now my producers on this podcast. What's going on, Tony?
1: (laughs) Hey, Chris, how you doing? Aaron, you there? Hi, Tony. This is great. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) Our producer, Josh Bard, many moons ago came in through the internship program. Producers for PTIs through the year. Uh, Michael Morell, I'm thinking of specifically. Uh, Daniel Light coming through the internship programs. Our producers for Highly Questionable uh, and for, for your show, Pablo.
0: Yeah, High Noon, ESPN Daily. We owe all of these people so much. And I personally am going to hear Aaron Solomon in, in my head telling us to keep it tight until I die, probably. I'm going to keep stealing jokes from Josh Bard until then also. So I, I guess I just wonder you know, at the end here, how all of this accumulated history, all
1: of these shows, how that sits with you today. I still find fulfillment in doing this show. And and every day, I love that it's about those conversations I want to have with with my friends and my I have with my siblings. Sometimes you're in a moment where you're like, what am I going to do next? What's my next show? And I was in that space, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do my version of Anthony Bourdain for sports. I wanted to show how sports was a thread that brings people together, just like food is a thread for Anthony Bourdain, right? And along the way, life got in the way for me. And that specifically is, of course, Francesca and, and finding my way, navigating anxiety and, and literally postpartum immediately with Francesca. And then Amadeo and Enzo and, and navigating mm-hmm. that. And then, of course, now... Antonella, and the time wasn't right for me to go.
0: I mean, look, you mentioned just then your family. Um, all I have to say before we we hit stop on this is truly, like, thank you for bringing me into your family, man. Like, it changed my whole life. This show around the horn literally changed my life. I don't do anything. Anything that I do now, I'm not the person I am if you don't attempt to call me and I
1: ignore that call, but then eventually listen to that voicemail. I I love you. Thank you. I love you for saying that, but I love you, period. But, I mean, this is true for all of us. We all have people in our lives, of course, that, that love us and we love them and they have been on our journey with us and in some ways may you may feel you know, they did this for you. But no, you did it. You did it, right? Be aware of that and then be that person for somebody else. That's that's basically, you know, what, what life is, right? Being there for other people. Yeah, Tony,
0: thank you for being there for me. Thank you for, uh, you know, um, doing this. And yeah, happy birthday. Happy 20th birthday to uh, Around the Horn.
1: Happy birthday, Around the Horn, yeah. Love you, Pavi. Love you, Tony.
0: For more on all of this, go watch the Around the Horn 20th anniversary special tonight, December 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern over on ESPN. And as we mentioned before, there's a lot more to Tony Reale that can possibly be contained in any one space, and it's an excellent profile of the man and his family over at The Athletic that I highly encourage you to read. But I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.